Shadow. A dark figure or image cast on the ground or some surface by a body intercepting light. Shelter. Protection. A slight suggestion. Trace. A hint or faint indistinct image or idea. That sounded like I was going to continue, but I did not. <laughs> Hi, folks. Welcome to episode 30-something of Another Way. It's Halloween. This episode will post on Halloween, assuming I have no technical difficulties, which seem to be happening to me a lot lately with the uploading and the blah, blah, blah. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm figuring it out. I'm working on it. I get there eventually. It's just like I go to post the episode and you would think that I had never opened a computer before in my life. Every time. It's, it's a struggle. So yes, today we're talking about shadows. Indeed. Yes, shadow. I didn't even plan it to be the Halloween episode until it was it was a happy coincidence and then I realized, oh, that's kind of funny. So, shadows. We're going to talk about it in several senses, as the uh, definition implied. And first, you know, just what shadows are cast over you that keep you from being creative or that keep you from creating as much as you want to? And, you know, there, there are shadows that we that are cast externally, you could say. So, like, you, you need to pay your bills. That's something that certainly keeps many of us from doing as much creating as we would like. Um, and when we're dealing with this sort of thing, it's it's a situation where we kind of have to examine whether the external shadow is uh, a real obstacle or if it's just an excuse in disguise. Because yes, we all need to pay our bills, so maybe you need to take a job that you don't particularly want to do so that you can pay said bills. But are you using that? That's probably not the best way to time, the best situation to say that might be where you're using an excuse, but it might be. You know, do you need to work as much as you are? Do you need to take as many shifts as you are? Maybe you take, maybe you work four days a week if it's possible. Like look at things and maybe you really don't need to be working as much as you are. Maybe. I don't know. Depends on your situation, I suppose. That's not a good example, I think. Maybe it is, you know. Um, yes, you're working, but can you get up a half hour earlier every day? Which is something that, like, every article about being more creative says to do. Like, just wake up a half hour earlier and, you'll, and work before breakfast. Okay, yes, that's a very good tip. It's a wonderful tip. It never works for me. I'm so bad at that one. So the one that they, they don't tell you is maybe you stay up half an hour later. You know, maybe maybe that's what you do. So it just is it is it a real shadow or are you just is it an ex, is it an excuse you're finding? And then there are those internal shadows. Fear is a big one. Fear of failure. Fear of succeeding. Those are both very real things. There's a, you know, there's a lot of worry about what people will think if you do what you want to do. Like, what will, will, will my mother be happy if I'm painting? Like, it's a real thing. And there's 
You know, it's like, who cares if your mother, what your mother thinks? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's true. But again, that's a, it's another thing to, it's a lot easier to say, I don't care what anybody thinks than it is to actually not care what anybody thinks. And that's a tricky balance to find. And that's a big internal shadow that happens a lot. Um, we're going to go into a section of stuff where I, I'm stealing a lot of information from Julia Cameron via the artist's way. And um, we're going to talk about shadow artists, which is a term I might have used in an episode before. I don't know. I'm finding myself repeating a lot of information in different contexts, which I don't think is bad because, you know, these episodes aren't necessarily meant to be listened to consecutively. And, um, a lot, like, this is not new stuff. You know, this is, these are not new ideas. It's just, you kind of retell these ideas. This That's a lot of what teaching is. You just retell the same ideas in different ways until it, something sticks. So, um... I'm babbly tonight. I'm very babbly. I, ap I apologize. But anyway, we're going to talk about shadow artists. So first off, Julia Cameron says that the shadow artists are born between the dream of action and the fear of failure, which is an interesting place to be. So there, there are, shadow artists are people who position themselves close to the arts, but are not that, but that are not artists for whatever reason. Um, and we'll get to that. And it's, it's the reason that I went into music education, I realized, years after I did it. Because I wanted to be around music and creating and creative ventures like that. But I didn't feel like I had... I didn't feel like I was an artist in that sense. And, um, you know, shadow, I don't think shadow artists are always a bad thing. I think that, you, you know, when I talk about this, when I think about this subject, this shadow artist thing, I always picture some sort of really bitter food critic who just wasn't a good chef and so became a really bitter food critic that just, just takes down other chefs through pure jealousy. And um, that's what comes to mind. But I think that there, I think that there are a couple of different kinds of shadow artists. There's, there's that negative food critic that's, you know, kind of fueled by jealousy. And um, I've talked before about how I went to undergrad with a guy who called himself a composer, and I was very um, snarky about him just in general. And I realized it, it came from, it came from complete jealousy because I, I wanted to be a composer, but I, did, I, did, I was like. I didn't, I thought I had to do something to be a composer other than compose. And so that was, that was where I was with him. And it was just, it's, it's a pure jealous thing. But then I think that there are other artists that are the shadow artists that can be sort of cheerleaders. And, um, you know, they, they position themselves around artists. You know, I, I think of like, like gallery owners and this is not, to, you know, not to lump all gallery owners under that umbrella, but people like gallery owners, people who work for, you know, like the executive directors of symphonies and things like that. These are positions where you might find shadow artists in a helpful setting. And they are very helpful to the, to the declared artist. I just did air quotes, even though you can't see me with my fingers. Um, that's weird. 
they're helpful to other artists, but they're missing some confidence or something, you know, some a certain je ne sais quoi uh, that allows them to practice the art, the art that they really want to. And I think like this sort of thing is the origin of that phrase, those who can't do teach, which it just, I ugh, hate that phrase so much because some of the, some fantastic teachers I've seen have been the best, the best in whatever field they teach. I have seen some fantastic musicians who are teachers, some fantastic performers who are teachers. And that phrase just, ugh, I hate that phrase. And then I think that there's, you know, sort of a, a neutral type that kind of drifts sort of in the in the many shades of gray between this. And again, this is not a cut and dry area. I think you can you can flip between both of those different extremes of the shadow artist. You know, I was um and I think that you can appear to be one externally and internally be a different one, because that's where I was. You know, on the outside I was this very um supportive cheerleading teacher and on the inside I was a very jealous very blocked artiste and uh, that's that can be a that can be a really ooh, it's a weird place to be filled with a lot of uh, self-loathing because it's it's uh, well we'll get to that <laughs> because I think I, I had this realization when I was prepping this episode of the podcast and um, realizing that you are a shadow artist and allowing yourself to unblock and sort of claim the artistry and the creativity that has been inside you all along, like some sort of, you know, cheesy Disney movie. A lot of that it's very similar to coming out of the closet. I saw a lot of parallels there. And uh, we can have a lot of the same sort of reactions. You know, there's the extreme of, well, if I, if I decide to actually pursue my, my uh, whatever it is, my, if I decide to give up my day job and paint full time, you know, my parents will disinherit me. That's a big thing in the in the community of people who come out of the closet. It's like I'm, my parents will disown me if I come out. It's a very real, 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 <laughs> a very real fear. And yes, to a less, I think it's to a lesser extent when you're coming out of the shadow artist closet. I'm not downplaying the struggles of the LGBT community by any means, but uh, that's just, it's just a, it's just a thing. And then there's the other end of the spectrum where the people in your life are going to be way more supportive than you expected them to be, which is often kind of infuriating. That's how my coming out was when my parents were as supportive as they were, because it's like, what the, what? It was like, I wasted years. I wasted years preparing for the, for the, like I prepared arguments and I prepared for the, for the fights that I knew were going to happen. And it was just like, not a big deal. It's, it's, it's kind of like, oh, thank God. Wait a second. <laughs> That's sort of the reaction. And I, it's, uh, so those are the two extremes. And then of course, there's the worry that you'll never be, you know, whatever, you'll never be successful. You'll never be happy. You'll never be able to support yourself. There are all of those fears that, that get involved with coming out 
uh, as an artist or as a as a you know whatever you're coming out as um so in order to get to that place though where you're coming out to the people in your life we have to first come out to ourselves and we'll talk about that just after we take a little break Ah, podcast is brought to you as always by Great Grand Projects, a creative collective on the web at greatgrandprojects.com. And by Horizon Creative Studio, the home of another way, on the web at the newly redesigned horizoncreativestudio.com. Sign up for our newsletter. can't with that voice anymore but no seriously go to horizoncreativestudio.com and on the home page i think it's on the home page the site my is it up i don't know i've been doing a revamping of the site and i'm almost done and so hopefully it will be posted by the time that you post this if not there's there's a thing with you know a disclaimer on that front but go and sign up for the newsletter because I send. I'm going to start sending out newsletters on the first and fifteenth of every month, twice a month. That's it, because I don't want any more emails in my inbox either. <laughs> so sign up for the newsletter. It'll keep you updated on everything that that happens another way. It'll have every podcast episode, every video that goes out, every blog post, every class, every workshop, whatever. So do that. Get on the list. HorizonCreativeStudio.com. So, as I said, we have to come out to ourselves as artists if we're going to come out from under the shadows of being a chateau artiste. And um, once again, borrowing from Julia Cameron, the only difference between an artist and a shadow artist is the simple action you know, of, of calling yourself an artist. Um, she says, very often audacity, not talent, makes one person an artist and another a shadow artist. It really is as simple as saying, I'm a writer. I'm a photographer. I'm a sculptor. I'm a whatever you want to be. It really is that simple because chances are you've already been doing it. And, you know, publication does not make an artist. Having a, a show does not make an artist. Having, you know, having your work get seen does not make you an artist. It does bring a new level to it but it doesn't make you one and that whole so to, we have to come out to ourselves first and that can be sort of a long process of rediscovery and i say rediscovery because on some level we're aware of this stuff you know before i came out of the closet i i knew i was a little gay boy on some level i knew that but i couldn't see that and so I had to come out to myself. And that is a that's a tricky process to do. And I feel like I did the same thing with my creativity. I had to come out to myself before I could start coming out to others. And um, this gets me to that whole thing of shadows in the protective sense. Because there in that in the definition there was that thing about um, shelter. Because sometimes maybe keeping your creativity or whatever in the shadows for a little bit can be good because there you can protect it and develop it in a shelter where no one else can see it or criticize it. And um, 
that's a, it's the same way with with coming out of the closet. Sometimes you you can't do it. You have to protect yourself. And it's just a matter of knowing the difference between doing that sort of self-preservation and denying. And that's something that I can't tell you how to do that. Like, you have to do that yourself. And it's not an easy thing. You know? But this that's sort of an incubation period can kind of allow us to figure things out before we have to explain it or we have to defend it to other people. Because oftentimes, if, if you go too fast too soon, you're going to get in trouble in some way, shape, or form, and you're going you're gonna to retreat. And that's definitely not something that you want to do, because then it's going to take that much more to get yourself to a good place later you know because it's just, it's just one more one more notch in the in the bedpost of scarring that can occur to keep you in the shadows so if you feel like you need to keep them in the shadows for a little bit but again don't deny ignore at least acknowledge yourself right don't necessarily parade yourself around in front of pe other people as whatever you want to declare yourself as, but acknowledge it internally. So you know, just think about the shadows that are kind of lurking in your, in your life. You know, what, what have you wanted to work on? What have you, what have you started working on and abandoned? What's still kind of knocking around that you really want to finish? And what would happen if you gave those shadows the attention that they deserve? What if you walked down that dark alleyway at the back of your mind where some of the uh, trickier creative things that you've wanted to do but you've been scared of lurk? What would happen? Best case and worst case. I'm not saying you have to do it, necessarily. Just think about it. Um, there's a lot more to unpack around this sort of thing. And that's why next week's episode will be the opposite of this. Shadows, next week we're going to deal with light. And we'll talk more about the shadows in the reference of light. Because without light, we don't have shadows. And so I almost did the light episode first, but it just kind of made more sense to me to do this one first. Anyway, so there's your preview. That's uh, a deep tease, I call that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just go out and pay attention to, to your shadows. In all senses. In the protective sense, in the not protective sense. It's okay to be an artist. It's okay to create. It is okay to be exactly as you are right now. It is okay. I am okay. And you are okay.